0: Welcome to Flip It or Skip It, brought to you by WorthPoint, the world's largest antiques and collectibles pricing and research database. Buy right, sell right, and profit more with WorthPoint. Now, let's meet our hosts...
1: Hi, I'm Dana Crawford.
0: And I'm Wayne Jordan.
1: In today's episode number 84 of Flip It or Skip It, we're going to be talking about cufflinks.
0: Cufflinks. Well, cufflinks are are dear to my heart because I have a bunch of them and I wore them for years. I usually think of cufflinks as being a men's accessory. Do, do women wear cufflinks?
1: I've never worn cufflinks, so I'm assuming that it's a guy thing.
0: Yeah, I've never never paid attention, but I, I wore them for, gosh, a long time. I, I have some, some nice sets that Do I've, you? I don't want to say collected, because it was never consciously a collection. It was just, if I found something that I liked, then I'd buy it. But cufflinks are, gosh, there was, from the early 20th century, I'd say from from the twenties up through almost 1970, men dressed up. Yeah, they dressed up to go to work. They wore suits and ties and cufflinks, and it was almost as common for men to be wearing cufflinks as it was for them to be wearing ties. Okay, and when you went to work, you wore a tie.
1: Well, didn't didn't they have the tie tack to match the cufflink?
0: Yeah, tie tack to match the cufflinks, and and for formal wear, there was also a matching set of studs because shirts didn't have buttons either. They had the two Mm -hmm. buttonholes, but you'd push the stud through. So, your stud matched the the cufflinks and the tie tack.
1: Interesting. But Wayne, are you going to flip your cufflinks or are you going to skip it?
0: Oh, I'm going to skip it. I've got some things in there that I would like that in my opinion are heirloom status. For example, my it's been passed down from my great-grandfather, oh, wow. a set of cufflinks that I, I guess you wouldn't call them high-end, but they're they're custom-made. Oh. It's a very tiny fly-fishing lure oh. embedded in lucite or some kind of polymer clear, uh, and that's the face of it, and it's just this little fly-fishing you know, fish hook with the feathers. I haven't worn it very much because I'm afraid I would break and I'd lose it. But that's the kind of thing I want to pass on to one of my boys just because it's it's an heirloom. And the, and the things that I've got that were, you know, the turquoise and silver and that kind of thing, they're nice. But the chances of, of my boys ever wearing cufflinks are slim. This, you know, the modern style is more casual and people go to work and T-shirts and blue jeans, and it's just not a dress-up society anymore.
1: I just looked up fishing cufflinks on eBay, Mm -hmm. and are they gold?
0: No, they're silver.
1: Vintage 14-karat gold nautical marine fish fishing hooks cufflinks for $1,800 right now.
0: Really? (laughs) Hmm. Yes. Now you've got my uh, (laughs) curiosity, piqued. One of the important things to remember about cufflinks, of course, fall into the jewelry catalog. And collecting them and flipping them follows the same rules as any other kind of jewelry. There's costume jewelry, and then there's designer jewelry. Mm -hmm. And you need to know enough about what you're looking at to be able to buy it correctly and then flip it. At a profit.
1: The good news is that cufflinks are selling.
0: Yeah, pretty darn well, from what I've seen. In the Worth Point archive, uh, if I just do a search on the word cufflinks, I get 160,000 results. Wow. The most expensive is a pair owned by Elvis, and they sold for 26000 Of course, Jeez. you have the Elvis factor to deal with in that. And any jewelry owned by a celebrity uh, is is going to bring a higher price but it's not unusual as i scroll down the first page of 200 listings the lowest one on the first page is five thousand dollars wow so the you know the designer jewelry cuffs sure like any other kind of jewelry it brings good money uh costume jewelry of course will vary according to Popularity and right. and so on. Bakelite jewelry is really popular from the twenties and thirties, sure. and but that's essentially costume jewelry. So some costume jewelry uh, is still in demand, especially the the vintage and antique mm-hmm. stuff. But there's a lot of it out there. There's just you know you look these things up online and uh, worth point, eBay and Google search. There are just thousands and thousands. Cufflinks have been worn by men. As a regular part of their attire since about the sixteenth century, sure. a long time. So there are there's a wide variety of cufflinks available.
1: Yeah, I've sold um, a few over my eBay career. The most recent pair that I sold for a client were uh, Tiffany cufflinks. Wow. I actually accepted an offer. Um, I had an offer come in for $120 and I did accept it. And it's interesting when I look back, I sold these in April of 2022. And when I look back at the title, I had, here's my title, Tiffany and, well, Tiffany and the and symbol, C O. Sterling silver oval cufflinks, engine turned, classic box, nine two five. That was my title.
0: Really, I wish I could tell you what all that meant. I, you lost me at <laughs> Tiffany and Company.
1: <laughs> well, this is a great. What is engine? What is engine turned? I have no idea. <laughs> so, here's the thing, Wayne. When I am listing, and I'm sure fellow eBay sellers can relate you get in the mode so your um, focus is to list that the best that you can have the keywords that work and so when i researched on worthpoint the highest price first because i want to get the most you know bang for the buck and i notice i pay attention to all the words that they used in their title And when I discovered other uh, Tiffany Cufflinks that had sold, I discovered engine turned was part of the keywords. And it's funny because people come to me and say, why did you use those words? I have no clue. Because... (laughs) it was so long ago or or even if it was last week i don't know it's because you're so focused on pulling in the absolute best words and actually i can confirm this because when i was actually at ebay headquarters last week and i had the opportunity to speak to ebay employees and they actually confirmed with me on my theory of all, use all ca- characters. Every word is like a piece of bait on the hook that goes out to the eBay seat. And they loved that little saying that I say when I do my workshops because they agreed 100%. So I was right on target with that. You don't need um, a bunch of words and you don't want to waste space. So take advantage right. of all those characters, which is a perfect example on engine turned was a way that people were searching. Now, don't get me wrong, because item specifics are right up there with importance, but title is first, and then item specifics is second.
0: Getting $120 for a Tiffany Cufflinks, I don't know, for, for some reason, I would associate the word Tiffany with higher dollars than right. that. How did you arrive at that price, and how did you uh, decide that these were actually Tiffany cufflinks? Because most of the designer brands, like everything else these days, uh, knockoffs are everywhere. So how did you decide when you saw these that they were the real deal, and how did you end up at that price?
1: Well— Actually, it was a consignment item, and mm-hmm. my client is an attorney, and I trust his his items. He sends me high-end, right. all-name brand um, items, and he's like a celebrity attorney. So, I actually right. trust him.
0: Right.
1: So, that's important. But also, these came in the original box, the original pouch, and... You can tell Tiffany, you can, I can spot a fake Tiffany pouch. They're pretty easy to tell. And then also the markings, you can compare them with markings from sold completed and just doing the history on it. Now, in my opinion, Tiffany does not sell like it used to, like so many Mm -hmm. things so the the value on the Tiffany items, unless it's solid gold um I've right. just in my experience, in fact, I just sold a tie tack a tie clip the other day, a tie bar the other right. day, and Tiffany just doesn't sell like it used to, hmm. and these were silver, which right. are not as desirable as gold, and so right. you kind of take these into consideration. I had them up for well a little under a year. And so I accepted the $120 so I could move right. on. And I think that I had them up for $200. Honestly, I I, I don't recall, but I might have had them up for $200, maybe $150. But right. whatever price it was, originally, it was based on completed listings, research, and all that. And then that's when you make a decision on whether to accept offers or not.
0: Okay, Dana, well, this is a good place to pause for a word from our sponsor, so let's do that, and we'll be right back. Have you ever bought an item to resell, got it home, and discovered that it wasn't what you thought it was? With WorthPoint's encyclopedia of marks, autographs, patterns, and symbols, you'll always know what you have and what it's worth. Find over 150,000 identifiers updated weekly covering glass, china, coins, currency, tools, and more. Don't waste your time and money. Use WorthPoint for a seven-day, seven-lookup-free trial. Go to worthpoint.com. Okay, we're back. Yours truly, Wayne Jordan and Dana Crawford. And we are talking about flipping cufflinks. Let's pick up where we left off. Let's think for a minute about our listeners. And say we have someone who is curious about cufflinks or jewelry in general. And they regularly attend estate sales and antique shows and markets and and that sort of thing. What approach would you recommend to them? How would you recommend that they uh, analyze sure uh, a pair of cufflinks to see if they were going to be a good item to flip?
1: Well, if they're unique, first of all, if they're interesting, like a fish, <laughs> or you know, mm-hmm. or something that's interesting. I would definitely take a second look at if if they're just kind of like your oval plain Jane kind of look, then I may um, look for uh, the nine two five mark or look for some type of carrot mark or something to see if it's mm-hmm. silver or gold. Right, and then what kind of condition is it in? Because you know the little um, bar that pops out of the cuff link at the bottom. Sometimes those, I mean, I've even turned them and they came off. So it depends on the condition as well. And then look around the edges for nicks or chips and the the stone, if there's a stone in there, things like that. So you want to inspect them. But I'll be honest with you, I have actually sold box lots as well of costume jewelry, or if I had a bunch of men's cufflinks, which I've had, and some of them individually are worthless. So like so many things, we just box lot them into one. And Mm -hmm. I'm surprised though, at the way that cufflinks are selling, honestly, because over the years, they've been up and down where I would see them at estate sales and I would just pass them by. I'll also take a double look if they're in the original box and they're still attached inside the box because that means they weren't worn that much. Or I remember selling my dad's cufflinks he had from the Playboy Club in Chicago. And Mm -hmm. I remember remember they sold pretty well. Um, But anyhow, you just want to look for the design and the style and pay attention to the condition like so many things.
0: There are so many variations in cufflinks. Fraternal organizations, Mm -hmm. masons, masonic uh, logos, advertising logos on cufflinks. Uh, There's a lot, of course. All that's costume jewelry, but anyone who collects that sort of thing, say masonic paraphernalia, they would be interested in that, even if they're not likely to. To use them. There's a lot of opportunity.
1: Yes. I actually sold my grandfather's Masonic Lodge cufflinks. Yeah, that was one of the earlier sales that I had when I was looking at, I looked after my grandmother for five years and went through all her jewelry. <laughs> <laughs>
0: oh, ripping off grandma's jewelry,
1: huh? No. I see. No, we shared. I shared the profits.
0: <laughs> In analyzing the cufflinks, if it's made by a designer, it's almost certainly going to have the designer's name and mark on it somewhere. Mm -hmm. So that's your first clue. If something doesn't have a designer's name on it, it's probably costume jewelry. But it may not be. If you see a designer's name on it, then what you have to do is go to a reliable database or eBay worth point, whatever it is that you use and find out what that set looks like mm-hmm. to make sure that it's not a knockoff because the people making knockoffs are certainly going to put that mark on it. So telling costume jewelry from designer jewelry is fairly straightforward. You can almost tell this by picking it up and, and handling it. But being able to discern knockoffs from the real thing requires a little more skill so that's where you need to know manufacturer's marks Mm -hmm. and what the different metals look and feel like and what all of the assay marks on it uh, and silver and gold and carrot marks you need to know all of that kind of stuff In, in order to trade in jewelry you need to know all of that so if you're going to be serious about cufflinks or jewelry in general that's that's the foundation right there other than that if it's cheap and you like it and it looks good and it's unique then buy it who knows you may hit a home run but uh, the chances of hitting a home run without having all that basic knowledge aren't real good
1: well if you go to ebay for example start there go to the search bar type in cufflinks sold listings there's 19,000 plus results. Mm. So there's so many and it's overwhelming when you have something like that. So start, you know, when you look at highest price first and when there's so many like that, you're going to see all designer for sure. So right. if, you, if you switch it up to um, lowest first mm-hmm. and start at the bottom because there's too many to look at. And that'll give you a rough idea of what some of them look like. Some of them sell for $1.99, you know, right. and then the lowest is $1.99 actually. So if you just mm-hmm. kind of work your way through and then jump through the pages and just familiarize yourself with what kind of styles sell and which, you know, which ones to skip, those 99 cent ones, and you'll just start educating yourself about what to pay attention to. Also keep in mind, here's an example. Someone sold um, a bulldog cufflinks for a dollar. I look at it and I think, why in the world did these only sell for a dollar? They're silver, they're adorable, they're bulldogs. And in my opinion, they had an auction. And their opening bid was a and, dollar,
0: and they got missed.
1: And they got missed. And their title reads, "Are you ready for this?" Their their title right. reads, "Bulldog cufflinks used just a few times." That's their title.
0: Uh well, <laughs> and and that's why the auction got missed. So <laughs> there's profit built into things like that.
1: Used just a few just- times. I've never heard of those keywords. <laughs>
0: Right, exactly. <laughs> that might have been in the description, but not not in the title.
1: Yeah, and they could have they could have actually done a lot with that being that they're silver and then also they could have put it in a second category like collectibles, animals, dogs,
0: bulldogs. They could have narrowed it down. Exactly. And whoever bought those I guarantee you is going to make a very healthy profit on that. Budget. Yes.
1: So pay attention not only when you're looking at lowest price first, because there's some some flops in there where if you look at the lowest price and you see it's an auction and the opening bid, it's sold for what the opening bid was, chances are that they Shouldn't have gone that route. I mean, I've done it myself, you know, I've done it myself. But in the past, what I've done is, you know, me, I'll list highest price. And I lit, oh, kind of overprice with make an offer before I'll even attempt an auction like that.
0: That's good advice.
1: And then you could do an auction after it's been listed for so many years. It's like, <laughs> okay, I don't care. I've gone to the trouble to type this up. I'm going to put it out for 99 cents and so be it. So, so it could be that's what some of those are too.
0: Yeah. Well, you got to keep the inventory turning. Okay, Dana, that's it for this episode. My clock on the wall says it's time to go. So let's wrap this up, and I will see you again next week. Actually, I'm off to Brimfield. Next week, are you? This weekend. Oh, this weekend. Wonderful. Okay, well, enjoy your time in Brimfield and come back with some I cufflinks. will
1: try my best. Thank you.
0: Bye, everybody. Okay. See you then. Bye-bye. You've been listening to Flip It or Skip It, brought to you by WorthPoint.com, the world's largest antiques and collectibles pricing and research database. Buy right, sell right, and profit more with WorthPoint.